0: Hello, and welcome to A Journey Through Fantasy. On this episode, we'll be covering chapters 6 through 10 of Promise of Blood, book one of the Powder Mage trilogy by Brian McKellen. My name is Patrick, and with me today is a a fellow fantasy reader, Matt.
1: Hey, Patrick, and uh, that crazy stuff you were probably hearing was my cat going at his little scratching post. Of course, he had to do that right at the beginning of the introduction, (laughs) so... You might hear him from time to time. He's talkative at night. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, I'm excited to kind of, you know, take a dive into this book with you and uh, see where, see where this goes. Uh, You know, like, like you said, you know, I'm I'm a big fantasy fan and uh, I've kind of been reading it all my life. Uh, uh, I started with uh, the Lord of the Rings. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure, you know, nine out of 10 people who love fantasy probably started there or have some experience with it. And I started that, you know, in elementary school and, you know, I've kind of loved it ever since. And one of the things that drew me in, you know, was the maps at the beginning of the book and, you know, me, both me and Patrick are, you know, geography, you know, career lifers. And I attribute, you know, my love of fantasy to kind of, you know, it kind of goes hand in hand with what I've chosen as my career. You know, I, I love, love looking at, you know, the depictions of the, the worlds that these authors, you know, kind of put together, and uh, yeah, uh, that's kind of, you know, I've, I've definitely re- read a lot more fantasy, but you know, that's just kind of, you know, where where I started from.
0: And I I would uh, second that about the maps. That's the biggest part for me. Uh, sometimes I'll just, you know, out of nowhere, I'll just get on. I think there's a, a website called Ink Um and I'll just make a fantasy map out of nowhere. <laughs> just, and just I, because it's fun and i've tried that
1: and man i'm so much of a perfectionist i take i, I spend about 10 15 minutes and doing it and then i look at it and i'm like yeah this is this ain't good <laughs> and i and i give up i can't do it man i'm too much of a perfectionist as far as the as the mapping goes
0: oh yeah okay so matt has read uh you, you've read uh chapters one through 10, you know, to get us to this point. Mm. So we'll just jump on in with chapter six. Um so like I've said before in the last episode, um, you know, Adamat, Adamat's journey is kind of the driving force for me uh, as far as my interest. And uh so this chapter naturally, uh I'm I'm gonna like this chapter. Um but so Adamat goes to the university uh the that the local university that's in Adro um and he uh, meets up with a friend, Uskin. Um, again, I should know how to say these because I'm reading and listening at the same time. But forgive me. I didn't, uh,
1: know, you're, I didn't know you were listening. You so say you're
0: in it as well. Yeah. I'm, well, so I'm kind of. I'll read it. I'll I'll read it while listening at the same time. Kind of like the old school, you know, in in high school or or grammar school, where the teacher would make everybody listen to the same thing at one time.
1: Man, my brain ain't built that way. I don't have a CPU going up on there. I can't multi-thread like that. I'd be, I'd be yeah, going crazy. That's impressive. That,
0: that's how I'm on book ten of Willow Time is is, is <laughs> reading it and listening at the same time. But um, uh, but yeah, and so so I'll do that, and then when I'm done, kind of just throughout the day, I'll just listen to, I'll re-listen to it to kind of refresh my memory on certain things. But um, but yeah, so he meets with his friend. Uskin, uh, and they're there to find some, you know, find some books that may help him find out, you know, what is Casimir's promise. Um, and then we we kind of get we kind of are uh we're getting some more backstory, I guess, to probably what uh why he is in possession of the loan that uh Adamat has, because he had started a publishing company. Um, again, kind of building more into that world, this kind of uh, what did you what do you call it Matt it's it's kind of like industrial revolution I've
1: kind of I've kind of yeah like it definitely feels industrial revolution-esque I mean I don't really feel I don't know they haven't mentioned any type of you know steam or anything but you know mm-hmm. steam powered you know devices or instruments but yeah. you know just the the use of you know gunpowder gunpowder was something that was Mm-hmm. and I might be wildly wrong on that but I feel like it's very very hand in hand with like the industrial revolution as far as like warfare goes during that time
0: oh yeah I, I think you're right and and so and so with that you know you have Adamat who who had started a publishing company but it it, it he had an accident I think it blew up killed somebody so he kind of lost all that money that was that was uh, invested in that and so there that's giving you a little bit more of that backstory you imagine
1: you invested Bitcoin ten years ago, and you know you sell it off you know after a year or so, and you know this ain't going anywhere and somebody some dude who's in you know held on to it for ten years, and he's sitting here rolling in it, he's laughing at you because your stuff didn't pan out that's how I felt like uskin was you know treating uh, oh yeah. Adam at when, about the printing press and, uh, and
0: he, yeah, he makes some kind of point like he the way he uh, said some kind of phrase, he was like, It, it was like it was Adamat's fault that it blew up. But
1: Adamat does mention, you know, that although that's how he was, you know, U- U- Uskin wasn't, you know, being like malevolent, no, no yeah. you know, he, he's just he struck me as very socially unaware, which makes sense given
0: his position, I imagine. Oh, yeah, yeah, it kind of reminds me, you were talking about, you know, Bitcoin and selling it early. Uh, I th- this i think it was my great-grandfather this is before mcdonald's were big and they had went on a trip somewhere where there was already mcdonald's and they stopped in there and ate and then they walked out after eating the meal and he said well this place ain't gonna make it <laughs> <laughs> and so um goes to show you what people you know what people know and what they don't know grandpa uh,
1: wasn't big in the stock market i assume
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably not too poor for it i guess uh so so, uh, so, we get a little bit of insight uh, on how the magic works. And I'm kind of still, yeah, I'm still trying to process how that magic works. It has something to do with the, the elementals, which they kind of point out that they've realized that fire isn't an element. It's a reaction to, to some right. kind of combustion. Um, but it has to do with the way that they maneuver their fingers and, and stuff like that. And it's kind of interesting. I, I definitely like the powder mages more than I like the privileged like, I don't know, the the Powder Mage kind of feels a little bit more nuanced. And I think
1: that's further backed up, you know, with what they were discussing in their conversation about it. Like, you know, Adamat mentions, you know, how does that, you know, when Uskon's telling him about it, like, how do the Powder Mages fit into that? And Mm -hmm. it seems to be ambiguous. Like, nobody nobody necessarily knows. It's not understood
0: which is more of that kind of the way I like it, creating mysteries that maybe we'll get fleshed out, maybe we won't. You, you know, it's kind of just fun to go on that ride. Yeah. So they, they continue on. They, um, again, trying to find some books that may give them some kind of headway into figuring out Casimir's promise. And um, they, fi- they get to certain books and the pages are all torn out or the pages that would reference something about the promise. They're torn out or they're blacked out. And so, you know, there, I don't know, it's kind of you're kind of getting that like um almost political thriller like kind of scenario where there's a cover up happening here. And um I I I really like that. Uh um, how do you wipe that out these days? I don't think you can. (laughs) Oh yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um So then Adamat decides they're just going to break into the vice chancellor's office and, and see if there's a, I think there was one book that they were trying to find and it was in his office. They, they knew that. So mm-hmm. he just broke into it. And, um, uh, they do, they do end up finding a clue, um, that, um, it's some, it's some kind of quote saying they will guard Casimir's promise with their lives for if it's broken, all the nine might perish, which, I mean, that's kind of like, okay, <laughs> I mean, we're getting, we're kind of getting, it's getting bigger, you know, the, you know, it was just a phrase, right? It was just a, mm-hmm. one of those weird, creepy little mysteries, and now it's getting like, I don't want to, like, go this route, but it's kind of like a Thanos level, like, oh, crap, everything's going to just, what are you going to do, you know, kind of situation.
1: And, uh, and I don't know if you've been big in the Elder Scrolls games, but the nine are the divinities, and... uh elder scroll Mm. and so every time i hear you know the nine i'm like (laughs) they're talking about religion here and then i have to like check myself and they're talking about they're actually talking about the continent and yeah yeah i don't want to well actually you here this is going to sound very well actually it's is it's kresimir right with an r
0: oh uh i'm not really sure okay is it kresimir or kesimir
1: it has an r in it and like i said i don't want to be that dude to well actually you because i i I hate those dudes, but I wanted to, I wanted to make sure you know that, we, that you were saying it right. I'm pretty I sure it's here I think you're
0: right. I think, uh, yeah, it is. It is. I I must have fat fingered it and didn't type it and didn't put the R in. So my coming apologies. From a,
1: coming from a, a fellow fat finger, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm with you, but yeah, I just wanted to, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to. Well, actually, you, but you
0: know no, hey hey listen when somebody hey when somebody's in the wrong you got to set them straight and uh um so so yeah so Kresimir's broken promise I th- i'm trying to think where i may have come up with Ke- kesimir that i don't know that that rings
1: a bell I, I i can't i can't you know put a finger on it but well
0: it, pr- it probably also has to do with the fact that one of their rival nations is the
1: kez yeah that might have something to do with it yeah
0: so you know we kind of end on a little bit of you know a little bit of them more you know we're getting more answers but they're also leading to more questions and then we move on to chapter seven and we we're back with uh, Taniel and Capel and you know they're they're hot on the scent of uh, th- that privilege that uh, took out Lajos, Le- I believe and and kind of yeah. gave him a fight uh, and they're with uh, Juline and uh, Gothen uh, which Juline is a privileged which we met, uh, I believe, in chapter four. Uh, And then uh, Gothen is a mage breaker.
1: Mage breakers sound really cool, by the way. I'm really interested in how how the mage breaker, you know, operates. And it kind of, you know, they kind of break into it a little further in a, you know, a chapter, a later chapter in this section. So, but the mage breaker idea was really cool to me because, you know, the privilege sound like this almost undefeatable type thing where only the power mages can really counter it and so i was super interested in the mage
0: breaker here yeah the privilege definitely feel op at the moment um for sure uh you know however i mean uh thomas did take them out take a lot of them out in one night but you know he was killing them in their sleep yeah so um, he was
1: batman you know (laughs) yeah batman can take care of anything
0: if he's got enough time to plan for it (laughs) oh yeah exactly and and he definitely had he had the motivation and he had the planning um mm-hmm. i think it referenced how many years he had been planning this at some point either in this section or the the last set of chapters i remember it it,
1: i remember it mentioning a time frame for some reason i thought it was months but if he's doing that it in months, been.
0: if he's doing that in months that's a that's a big that's a big deal it may have been months um but that yeah like you said there there, there was a time frame mentioned, and. Um, uh, but yeah, either way, you know, he he put the planning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so these these four, uh, they're tracking this privilege. And uh this is a our uh, cool set of events where they're they're kind of going through the streets and they're they're tracking them, um, trying to trying to get to them. And then all of a sudden a blast happened, kind of like a bomb went off. Yeah. And um, and so then they, of course, they give chase and he even um Taniel even basically gets her with his bayonet. Uh, impales her. And he shoots her
1: three. I think he shoot before he 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 stabs her. I think he's shot. No, he shoots her twice and then bayonets Mm -hmm. her. And then as she's on her way out, he shoots she he shoots her again, right?
0: I think so. Well I know he shot at her um and she fell. But then I do think he did get her two more times. Two or three
1: and I think they mentioned in later chapters that it's definitely three. Yes,
0: um, yes. So either way, you know she's uh she she's a badass yes um, and so then they get they get capable to track her um using her um donnie's magic though you know they it's kind of they don't really know how it works, but she's different than powder mages and privileges, so she's she, a, she's a bit different yeah she she is <laughs> she, she's she, she's a different kind of person um. But you know, she uses like blood and fingernails and and like pieces of hair. She like I think she drains like a a sewer uh, drain inlet or outlet or whatever and gets a piece of of either fingernail or hair and by by having all that, she's able to triangulate the location of of um, the privilege and so she ends up being in this townhouse that's occupied by some Hellman soldiers who are under, under the command of General West even, um, who was believed to be out of town mm-hmm. during all this, but I think has, has, a, has arrived since then. Um, and they
1: mentioned that if he's, if he's here, like, d- he, dude must have just gotten here. Like, yeah. he had to have traveled overnight to get here because, you know, during all the chaos of the riots and everything. Yeah. Did the riots start in chapter six? Did we miss that? Did we not cover that? The
0: execution was happening while while Adamat was at the university. So I don't right. know. I think actually the the riots may have um, started at the beginning of chapter seven. Okay. I may have failed and, to mention it. And I, I, and I kind
1: of like how they did it. And the, I think the reason you failed to mention it is that it wasn't very linear in how he told it. You know, it wasn't like execution happened, riot started. Like, and I think Daniel's experience as they're searching for um, the privileged kind of goes through how the riots are happening. I believe he mentions that you know the end of the riot is marked, or the riots are marked to end tomorrow. Like th- Thomas is planned for it to end, you know, the next day. So they and I, I remember thomas mentioning it you know in an earlier chapter that he was going to let them do their thing you know for several days so
0: yeah at least know, two cha-
1: yeah, yeah and so you know chapter seven you know kind of comes in and it's implied that the riots have already kind of you know mostly run their course
0: and and i like that how brian mcclellan is kind of dropping little things you know he, he's not taking a, a paragraph to go into some backstory and say you know kind of just explicitly say it he he finds places to drop it in where it's necessary right
1: and I also think he does a good job I mean you know not just like with the exposition there or lack thereof like when he's describing something though he's not going into a lot of detail but you get a very it the way he writes it you get a very good idea of what this setting is you know who you're looking at like it's very uh what's the word for it he's got good uh i should probably know the word for this they taught me this in like seventh eighth grade english <laughs> um, uh, imagery is not the word but it's something like that
0: yeah yeah i i think i know what you're talking about but i it escaped me as well um but he but he's good at it <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's good at it he's good at He's good at setting a
1: scene with little words.
0: Yeah. And I, I like that because I mean I like I like detail. I like enough to kind of build that world. But I also kind of I kind of like Orwell's style where it's kind of just get to the point.
1: Uh, you know, I think it's a really good breath of fresh air, you know, with other mm-hmm. fantasy. Like, you know, I like the descriptive stuff, but you know, when you read a lot of fantasy at a time, you you get a lot of exposition. And mm-hmm. this is set in a way like where it still feels very fantasy to me, even though it's in like a, you know, a different, you know, uh, epoch, you know, like industrial yeah. revolution times, but it, it gives you a
0: break from that extreme exposition. Yeah. 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 I, I agree. Um. So now, so we, they've gotten to this, a townhouse that is that's under the command of general west even um and they kind of have a little bit of a of a altercation with the with the hellmen that are kind of guarding it they're like hey you know you've got a privilege and we we're you know we need her <laughs> we're, we're gonna take her but they're like you know we don't they they know that they're powder mages the hellmen know that they're powder mages i think because there's like a pin on tangle's mm-hmm. um lapel or on his jacket and um they you know they're like you know they call him a traitor, I believe, yeah and um they uh they kind of have a little bit of a, a start to an altercation, but then Taniel uses his powder magic to explode um I, I believe it was like um they were they carrying it was, like, a pack it was of like powder
1: yeah, it was like gunpowder on their person because yeah. he, he mentions like this to me, this was the first setting where. It did not feel like the Powder Mages had complete control. Like uh, mm-hmm. you've you called them Taniel, and you've been—I've been when I'm reading it, I hear Taniel. I don't know, but uh, it doesn't—it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the first time they felt even evenly matched, even like yeah. even in context of the privileges, with the exception of the one that they're chasing. Like you know, I know that they got him in their sleep, but they still felt very much in control. And one thing they mentioned here is that they had air rifles, which mm-hmm. I thought was a very, very novel, you know, counter to powder mages, because powder mages, you know, they, they, you know, they interact with the gunpowder, where, yeah. you know, he, these heelmen at General West Stevens' house have air rifles. And uh, the privilege with him, Julian wants to fight right then and there, but Tony will, you know, Recognizes the situation better than she does.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and 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 that's kind of a part that'll that's like a like a plot line or a or a thread that'll keep getting pulled at throughout this section is that they're they're kind of button heads because they have a difference of opinion on how things should be going, and uh, it it feels very natural to me. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're able to escape um, if I remember correctly. One of the Hellmen that he, you know, that gets injured, I think they said he, like, blew in half or something like that. There was, like, was one very that, like
1: Yeah, there was one that, like, blew in half, and then there was, like, several that just did not exist anymore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's no pieces left to, left to find.
1: And to me, like, <laughs> this was the first time that we really saw the Potter Mage's power as well. Like, yeah. even though we're seeing this, you know, uh, contradiction to their power we also get to see how powerful they are as well yeah
0: um you know because i'm trying to think the first time we see any kind of powder mage abilities was when um thomas encounters manhooch and he tries, yeah, and to, he, shoot him he tries that, to shoot him which you know that that kind of just feels kind of any any kind of magic kind of you would see that in any any story. But this right here, this kind of shows that full force, like you said.
1: When when you were describing the uh man who's shooting the gun, Thomas was like, I kept thinking, you child's play. He's like
0: Marshawn lynching it. <laughs> exactly. It stiff armed was like get out of it. Exactly. Home. Oh my- <laughs> man, I hadn't seen that. You can, that cut, that you can <laughs> cut that out. You can cut that out. Um and we finally meet vlora the that adulterous woman uh, <laughs> uh i mean i mean i'm sure she's fine I, I we don't know enough all we know is some maybe mercenary or some no merc or not maybe maybe it was mercenary i don't remember but it was somebody paid by the nobility right. to um to kind of i don't know if she seduced him or he seduced her i don't know how i'm sure we'll find out some more as we get going but we've only really had um and even this chapter is not from her perspective so we haven't got a chapter from her perspective this is just when we're being introduced to her mm-hmm. um so she meets with with uh, thomas at the house of nobles um as uh, and you know they have a little bit of a of a back and forth well really actually before that again any you get moment he gets a new
1: bodyguard, you get well, new yeah. bodyguard. that kind of plays say, into that interaction
0: yeah because uh any moment with olam is is a moment that i enjoy um
1: oh olum have- strikes me as like your type of guy like Olam like <laughs> just... i was actually picturing you when i saw oh like what he was describing of like like yeah that's that's patrick <laughs> olum and patrick are alike
0: well the 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 funny thing I, I mentioned it in the last um in the last episode the um the narrator of the of the audiobook he kind of changes his voice for every for every character Uh, well i I mean that's common but this guy does a really good job with it and he's he's a a british um person i I don't know exactly if if he's welsh or english or scottish or what but he he's from he's from the uk and um he the the voice he uses for olum is sounds a lot like braun from game of thrones uh that actor kind of like
1: a lowborn type yeah yeah
0: and, and the things they do kind of, he kind of makes me think of Braun. So I'm just picturing Bronn, uh, any kind of interaction with him. But uh, Braun
1: is like low key, one of the, I hate to use the word low key. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate that term. Um, but He's like, he's like one of the better characters in Game of Thrones for sure.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. He's one of my, he's one of my favorites. Um, I hate how
1: they did my boy Littlefinger. Hey, little Littlefinger's good
0: too, but I mean, no, hey, but they did my boy dirty. They did well, my boy yeah. dirty. Yeah, well, they did a lot of people dirty in that show. That's, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did the story dirty. They did George they did, Martin dirty. That's that's yeah. what they really did dirty. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did freaking D and D. Which, speaking of which, I haven't read those, but I I finally have acquired all of them. So maybe maybe when it all all this dies down and we forget about the ending of that show i may go back and i may read those for the podcast
1: i think me and you and talked me and you have talked about this if not me and you me and somebody i like i like how it ended sorry not how it ended like like who won yeah yeah who yeah. basically won it makes sense like it's it's how it... Sh- to me it was the perfect character
0: yeah yeah
1: but what the hell happened to get there
0: <laughs> yeah but, yeah what the heck? like there was n- like there was no expert tells good stories that's all i'm gonna say that's 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 some garbage they uh they should have they should have went ahead and had another season that's all i gotta say
1: you know how how much of a contradiction is it that who who won the Game of Thrones won the Game of Thrones because they could tell good stories as a terrible story was being told on how that person <laughs> became the game. <laughs> how much <laughs> do they not see the irony there? I guess not. Yeah. Sorry, I, I got off track there.
0: Oh, yeah. We hey. Oh uh, yeah, I'm about to say, listen, th- this is this is why Matt's here because I know going through the entire book of Grave Peril. And then the first episode of this, you're like, man, the, can this guy get somebody in there to liven the place up? And so that's what we got now. So, um, so I, I was saying, I'm here, I'm here with strobe lights and scan, I'm scantily clad. Yeah, I wish y'all could see the video of this. Um, it's very enlightening. But so, okay, so we were mentioning Olam because uh, before Vlora walks in to the office, he uh thomas kind of goes into like a little backstory talking about how somebody had wrote a had wrote some kind of biography about him and all this business and he kind of just goes in the fact that hey sometimes i can get mad and a person with my in my position with the power that i wield that's not good so if you see me getting out of hand stop me tell me like you know don't don't like you know go you know just actually just tell me hey stop and so he, he kind of gives them the permission to kind of step in when he sees that man I wish I had that
1: I had that in my life that's some privilege right there having a dude have having a dude come in and interject when you're getting angry like I have to listen to my, I have to check my own self like that, yeah. that's, that 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 that's that's like next level I want I want to do like that like forget- I was reading this, and I've never wanted to hire anybody in my life until I read this. I read this little pat, like this little section where he had Olam sitting there telling him, "Hey man, you're getting a little too angry," in a non condescending way.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. See, forget the ability to, to you know control gunpowder. I just need a guy that'll make me you know that'll stop me from exactly. getting
1: mad. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> that's so a, that's incredible to me.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Laura does come in and you know, they're, he's trying to keep it very professional. You know, he's like, you know, you're here. I need you to work somewhere else. But then she kind of, she kind of drives the conversation that way. She wants to be put with Daniel and, um, but he, but you know, he starts getting aggravated and, uh, a, um, some kind of news comes in. I can't I forgot the word they actually use. Do you remember? Um,
1: I don't
0: uh it's some kind of message. He gets some yeah. kind of message from uh and so Olam is receiving the message uh while they're Laura and Thomas are kind of talking and Thomas is I kind of getting this is mad. when I thought this is when
1: Taniel busted in.
0: He he does I think right after this.
1: Gotcha. I think
0: and and so uh I think um and then Thomas kind of starts to get mad at Laura. And he's about to he's about to kind of get mad and and Olam kind of j- jumps in and's like sir he's like what he's like, okay that's nothing, what it was, that
1: that's what it was I, i'm actually here right communique communicate. oh yeah
0: yeah communicate. that's what
1: it was um yeah. Olam comes in and says that the royalists have taken sin testershire sin testershire right. which is like, yeah they, they describe it later the the center of town you know kind of where yeah it, he doesn't know it, but that's where Taniel just came from, or that's where the last chapter where we saw Taniel at.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. There's there's two pieces of information that gets dropped on him that are kind of related, but he don't know it until he hears the second one, is that yeah, he hears that they've taken Sinchestershire, and then um, all that situation happens, to him getting mad, and Olam tells him to calm down, all that stuff.
1: How does your Britia, British audio book guy say Sinchester Because I know that when I read, or when I read how, especially in the UK, how they, how I read, how it's supposed to be pronounced is yeah. markedly different than how it's actually pronounced. Do you remember?
0: I want to say he, he kind of says it. Sinchester, like saying, or something like yeah, that. He says it he, kind of like how I say Worcestershire sauce. He says it really fast. It says Sanchestershire, which granted, for me to be able to read it and listen at the same time, I'm running the audiobook at like one and a half speed. So gotcha. <laughs> so, so you don't
1: call you don't call it wash your sister sauce like I do.
0: See, oh man, dang it. I wish I remembered. <laughs> I saw a meme and it was like there's like five different ways of saying it. Man, wash your sister sauce. That's how I say it. Wash your sister. Which speaking of Chester, man, I, I hate to admit this. Everybody's gonna judge me. So you know a chest of drawers, right?
1: Oh no! Don't don't do this. Don't tell me what <laughs> you're about to tell me. Don't do this.
0: <laughs> My entire life, I thought that they were Chester drawers.
1: Okay. I, I mean, I'm I'm only judging you a little bit, but it took me until I was like 18 to know that. Because oh I'm, well, there you go. Yeah. So I mean, I've been on this train for about 10 years now, but you know. See, I uh, think
0: I was 22, and I was reading. I was reading an Agatha Christie Hercule Perot novel, and it said "chest of drawers," and I was like, "Oh no!"
1: <laughs> did you see the uh, Did you see the ostrich thing where Matt Mitchell does uh, how Southerners pronounce things, and uh, yes, the yes. Northern person comes in and says something about a chest of drawers. No, nah, no, nah, that's a Chester drawer. <laughs>
0: yeah, what did he say? A uh, uh, lawyer instead a lawyer. He goes. <laughs> <laughs> something about it's law and then you're
1: <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's literally spelled there for you my guy. lawyer lawyer <laughs> yeah
0: hey, I, I like i like
1: i like that guy he's pretty funny. and and i tend to talk a little bit more country when i'm around patrick uh he kind of brings that out in me uh, but i have been yeah. uh i have been told that even though i am from the south and in my times living in the midwest i did not necessarily sound southern so if you hear a southern accent i blame patrick
0: yeah because your (laughs) wife is the one that calls me what does she call me foghorn leghorn
1: i forgot all about that yeah (laughs)
0: yeah she does yeah
1: which you know hey i uh sounds like you've really taken that one
0: as an insult (laughs) (laughs) you really you really (laughs) pin that on your shirt I have a shirt that says uh, foghorn leghorn on it now so uh but hey i was in uh washington state and like some people thought i was from texas so i was like and i which te- texas is i guess the south but
1: i don't know it's a little different and i was i was in washington state this past summer and mm-hmm. i don't think they i don't think they mentioned anything about my accent now that i'm thinking See? about it but maybe they, i don't know I can't remember. Yeah. A lot's happened in the last two years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. A lot's happened. Um, but yeah, so Daniel does make it in and he relays the news that West even is in town. Um, and I'll have to say as much as I've, as I've been saying that Adamat's storyline has been my favorite, this scene, was kind of like the like okay i'm in for the long haul because just everything that plays out in this chapter was just like my my mind was just like oh crap like just a lot of very there's a lot of emotion
1: yeah very dramatic there's a lot of emotion going into Mm -hmm. this chapter and i think it's very well done and it's very i think it's written at least to me you don't see this a lot in fantasy a lot of emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence you know okay where it's to to me like a lot of like fantasy is written very one-sided um and this you can tell is very very like brian mcclellan you know has experienced these emotions you know um and he he's found a good way to you know write this into his book yeah write write it into the story you know just the the different dynamics between thomas you know and laura and then laura and Daniel, you know uh we skipped over this but thomas you know mentions that laura was like his daughter he picked her up at like an early age yeah. and yeah. so like despite you know her being unfaithful to it's it's difficult for him because he cares for laura mm-hmm. even though he hates her right now or hate is probably you know uh,
0: yeah he it's not he's very,
1: it's, yeah he's very conflicted because he both He's very, very angry with her and then still kind of like, you know, thinks of her as a daughter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very much fatherly, like dis- disappointment, you know.
1: And I agree. Uh, like this, this chapter to me was like a very
0: watershed type chapter.
1: Yeah. Because you I, have,
0: you have that emotion you're talking about. And then you have just the way the scene plays out, the events that happen afterward. It's like you have that. It's kind of like, you know, when you watch an indie film and a lot of good indie directors like they know how to they know how to make those intimate moments feel real, like you feel like you're in there with them. But then and, it's,
1: it, and even then like they do a good job of showing that even though the moment's brief and we see that here yeah, as well, the yeah. moment's very brief.
0: But but then it it sort of rolls into something very cinematic and very like action-packed in a way um and sort of like a like a weird kind of catalyst situation and it was it was just a lot of fun um i will so, say that i
1: what you're referencing like the cinematic part of it and like the action yeah. there you know as soon as like Taniel busts in you know and says you know general west evens in town you know shit kind of hits the fan like yeah uh, they find that there's a bunch of people in the building that they're in and it's just like all of a sudden, you know, there's a bunch of enemies and a, a battle with
0: uh, Hillman takes place and they have air rifles. Yeah. Um, so. It, I love I love the way it, it breaks out because they're like, like, what, what are y'all doing here? And he's like, we're here to protest the new taxes. And yeah. it's like, what? There haven't been any new taxes and you just hear somebody yell, for the king! And it's just like, I don't know, it was just it was a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was fun. And I, I explained like how I like how Brian McClellan did the motion, emotion, but I didn't really like, I liked how it was brief. I don't want it to be too dramatic, mm-hmm. but I did not like the transition here. Um, it uh, felt too abrupt to me, but we, we can get that. We can get back to that after, you know, we kind of go through the synopsis, but okay, I, it, to me that felt too abrupt.
0: Just that, that change, that change from intimate to action? Not so much the change,
1: but more the howls of it. And there's my oh. cat scratching at his a little thing again. <laughs> um, just, I don't know, it seemed a
0: little contrived to, okay. to me, but, uh, you know. Kind of formulaic that he it would, it would just come in and then, and then what happens, happens.
1: Right, and to me, uh, it had the problem that I have with the Hunger Games, like where, you know, the last 200 pages or the last 50 pages of the Hunger Games should have been broken out into like 200 pages. This chapter oh. to me should have been a little bit longer. Okay, um, okay. And I know we've talked about how he does a good job of explaining a lot with a little. Mm-hmm.
0: I would have liked a little bit more here. Mm. See, I think I have... I don't even know if this is a counterpoint, but I have a similar part that I don't like. And that's when, when all the fighting's done. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Thomas like re like assigns him, you know, to go continue yeah. his recon of like uh, that townhouse that West even that continue with his mission of the privileged.
0: mm mm-hmm. And you and you have where he's kind of leaving, and then Vlora's trying to talk to him, and then he ends up killing a dude, you know, kind of putting a guy out of his, out of his misery. Mm-hmm. All that kind of felt clumsy. Um, uh, well, and I guess it's because I was hypersensitive to it because I really enjoyed the, like I said, everything from the, you know, we're here protesting our taxes to you know, for the king and then that whole transaction. I was kind of real high and then and then we come in with that, and it just felt clumsy to me. i don't know it just and then like the way Laura is like yelling after him, like she says it, and then it goes into something else of him dealing with the guy who he's putting out of his misery, and then she's there. It's like, what was she doing that entire time? He was just sitting there cutting the dude's throat like, so I
1: both are, I, I agree with the transition being a little clumsy, but I really and You've talked about how Adam it, Adamot is kind of your, your favorite character here. And
0: mm-hmm. this
1: scene after the battle is why Taniel, Taniel is my favorite character. It's okay. just like very, very, like he's human. Like he's not some like super soldier or some like robot. Like yeah. it kind of it seems like Thomas's. He, you know, even though this guy was an enemy, he put him out of his misery in a very humane mm-hmm. way you know, he gives him like, you know, he's talking with this dying man, this Hillman and the Hillman's like calling him a traitor and stuff like that. And he says, well, this is going to go, he basically says this is going to go one of two ways. One, I, one I kill you here or two, you're going to spend two days being questioned by Thomas and then he'll kill you. And Mm. the Hillman asks him to kill him and he does. And so I don't know. I I liked that. It was, it was more of that emotion that I, i liked at the beginning of the chapter but i will agree that the transition to that was a little
0: clumsy so it kind of seems like his transition into the semantic the cinematic scene and his transition out of it both could have been better
1: right and i think it could have been done with just a little bit more like a couple more pages in the chapter or something like that
0: yeah yeah as far as the events and like him killing the guy uh you know i i you know i enjoyed it um yeah, but like I said, it kind of—you really enjoy kind of killing that guy. I'm, I'm yeah, good. you know, I just I get off at that <laughs> stuff. No, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, the the thing I do with movies, and it's the same with books, is um, the mark of a good movie for me is how many times I get pulled out of it, how many times something happens in the movie that makes me realize I am not in the movie; I'm watching it, mm-hmm. and um, just that transition so the so the the transition you were talking about didn't pull me out but this one did and so that's kind of I kind of cue into things when I get pulled out
1: um, the story that's interesting because I didn't notice it here but I you know I noticed at the beginning and maybe the reason I didn't notice it here because I agree with you that it, it was it was sudden it was abrupt and it was clumsy but maybe the reason I didn't pick up on it is because I had already felt that
0: Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And so
1: it had already set a precedent for the transition of the or the way the chapter was told. You know that it didn't feel jarring like it, like the first
0: part did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so after all this happens, um, Thomas ends up uh, sending for Lady Winslow's uh, mercenaries, the Wings of Adam. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, He's
0: he's wanting to use them, make them earn their pay. Uh, to surround the barricades that are around St. Um, in this, So now we have kind of a break and we change perspectives here. So um, the, we, I think some time has passed and so the two sides are in some sort of a standoff and Adamat um, goes to an underground boxing ring of sorts. Um, it was pretty cool. I, I, I enjoyed this. This was a cool scene. It it gave me like um, not necessarily particularly, but kind of like picky blinders kind of vibes. I got the same
1: thing. Like, uh, you know, yeah. I, I was uh, I was feeling like I was there with oh, uh, old uh, Arthur, and for the life of me, I can't yeah. remember their last name, which is crazy because they say it a million times in the show.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I can't even remember. Either, I keep
1: but... I keep thinking Murphy because Achilles and Murphy.
0: Yeah, but... yeah, exactly. Uh. So yeah, he ends up with this boxing ring and um uh it, it's funny the little interactions he's having with the guy, you know, there's this old man that's going to be fighting um a younger guy and they're both been you know they both been fighting all day. And you know, he, he kind of makes these nice little things that only an older man would make, these kind of comments of, you know, don't count the old man out kind of stuff. But he ends up pl- placing a bet on Sue Smith, who is the older fighter. Not no. to be confused with Sue Chef, Sue Smith. That's his cousin. Yeah, Sue Chef. He'll, he'll he'll show up later in the battle. The young guy kind of, you know, thinks he has it won. He's kind of showboating. Some, Sue Smith. Sue Smith comes in and kind of knocks him knocks him out. He's like, by um, the
1: order of the Pinky Blinders, and then beats of shit.
0: <laughs> gives him the old big right <laughs> hook. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, Arthur Shelby shelby's in- shelby shelby okay yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. i should have known that i should do um,
1: i had to google it I, I made it sound like you know i i i came up with it brilliantly but i may have googled it <laughs> uh, so uh
0: so that so you find out that adam Matt, and sue smith are friends um mm-hmm. and uh but sue smith is kind of the way they describe him is very much like um, I don't. I, you haven't read these, but if anybody has read Will of Time, it, it's kind of how Perrin is described in in the books. He's uh, he doesn't say a lot of words. He takes his time to make sure he says the right things. Um, kind of reminds me of that, but it's more so try to. I think it's more so hinted at that Sue Smith has taken one too many punches to the head, and that's kind of why he is the way he is. Yeah, he, um, he's a little tender on the inside. <laughs> he's been <big>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's you know, you can shake his head and probably hear some things rattle. But he, either way, um he meets he meets with him because one at one point in time Sue Smith had revealed that he was part of the Cresomere's Broken Promise, the street gang that was referenced earlier in the in the book. Um, and so he kind of gets a little bit of information about it, how the leader was you know, this kind of showboaty guy who um I think kind of had a disdain for the nobility. Um mm-hmm. if I if I if I remember correctly. Um you may you may have more if you may remember more since it's more fresh on your mind. Um, that's
1: that's that's kind of how I remember it as well. He
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and i don't i don't think sue smith gives him a lot more than that he doesn't um it mentions that he's uncomfortable talking
1: about it like
0: okay. he gives him
1: some he gives him some information uh, about his time with the uh, broken promise but he the way they frame it is that he's uncomfortable doing so so okay. it makes it feel like there's something he's not not necessarily saying
0: and it is interesting i mean if he is is he the only person that survived the the massacre of the street gang or are there more people out there who, who were a part of it, who, who survived? Um, I don't know. That'd be Um, interesting to find out. Yeah. But then Adam ad ends up giving, um, you know, asking him or offering him a job basically. Um, uh, We're where we see Daniel, he's asking uh, Thomas for more help. he he wants his uh friend uh Bo, who is a privileged Borbador Borbador. Um, and he was actually a, a an ex-member of the royal cabal. Mm-hmm. Um exiled. He Yeah, yeah, he was exiled uh for getting with some mit- mistress, I believe. And
1: um Yeah, all the all but, the royal folks, they can have their mistresses, but I tell you what, once you once you sleep with one of their mistresses <sighs> But you, you exiled. Out. you you done you, donezo
0: ye. in the words of Tom you're Habs. done, son. they <laughs> send you to live with the Kaz. But no, uh you're done son. Uh, That's, that, that <laughs> brings me back a couple years. <laughs> you done, son. <laughs> uh but so Thomas Thomas refuses, of course, because he's like, I'm not gonna bring somebody who was part of the royal cabal back into the city. That's just kind of dumb. Um but he also has we have a little moment of um, you know, I think because Capel says it earlier, I believe, or actually I think it's later in the later in this exact chapter. She mentions that from her perspective, Thomas, you know, is showing signs that he does love Daniel. He still loves him. Um, but you see a little bit of that because he says that uh Borbador was gonna be reassigned back into the royal cabal but he made sure that he didn't because thomas knew what he was about to do yeah and and he knew that he was a friend so you, you get little moments and then you, you still get that resentment from Daniel where he's like he felt gratitude but he was mad that he was that he had the gratitude um so you know i'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out as this continues we're going to get more and more of some more backstory i mean it, it's pretty typical now it's not that hard to understand but i still want some more little i want some more specifics you know why does taniel feel this way and
1: i think that's why but i also think that you know yeah we have reasons why we feel things but a lot of things a lot of times we don't necessarily have reasons mm-hmm. um he Daniel feels very human whereas like I don't know, like I found this in a lot of Sanderson's works where the characters are, they're, they don't feel human. They're very, they're very single dimensioned. Like they have a feeling yeah. about something and they stick to it and their paradigm doesn't ever change. Like um, where, I don't know, Taniel feels, feels like to me a human.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's making as a lot opposed of to like a robot yeah 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 well that's the thing too a lot of people i think fail to think about like is that a character shouldn't there should be contradictions in the character's actions because humans mm-hmm. aren't consistent in their actions from day to day so you know it just depends on when you catch someone depends on how they react and so a character should kind of have moments where they're doing things that seem counter counter to what they've done in the past but that's that's humans
1: yeah I, agreed and i think that's one of the and, that's one of my critiques on fantasy the fantasy genre as a whole is that i don't mm-hmm. feel like you see that a ton like i said I, okay. I i i love fantasy um but i don't feel like you get as much emotional development you get character development but not so much emotional development.
0: Hmm. I. I I um which you know I I haven't read as much but I haven't really thought about it in in those terms before um but I do I definitely have noticed some characters definitely aren't fleshed out and they feel Mm one-dimensional but I haven't necessarily thought of you know those intricacies of of the the emotional side of it all
1: and you know I haven't read the whole like I haven't read the whole genre it's just my experience Mm -hmm. with the genre and from my lens of course is that yeah. a lot of times the characters feel very one-dimensional you know they have a goal and you know they're the t- you know their history is described that they're this type of person and then that isn't really they get challenges along the way and you know they do change a little bit but it still feels like it's in their in, I don't know I'm not doing a good job of explaining like where I'm coming from here but like it just it just feels like, you know, even though they have these challenges that change the way they think about something, um, they kind of still approach the situation in the same way they did before. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, yeah. I know you haven't read, re- read the Stormlight Archive, but that's kind of contradictory to what, to what, that one of those is an exception there in, in that story. Oh, uh, okay, okay. I don't want to spoil oh. that because uh, it's good. It's real good. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> I appreciate you. Uh, <clears throat> appreciate you. So, uh, I brought that to Sam's life. She says it a lot now. Appreciate you. <laughs> okay. Appreciate you. Uh, so, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So the, you know, they end up having an argument because he's not gonna he's he's not gonna bring Borbador, and then and then it kind of goes into having an argument over uh I believe it was Julene mm-hmm. and um he kind of Taniel makes the point that you know, it's it's almost like you slept with her because he keeps defending her, and um there's kind of like a pause, and so he kind of jumps to the assumption that he 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 has slept with her the pause was for the air horns when i he said that I was like no no no
1: and then uh, Olam's over there like, oh, shit,
0: I better put my cigarette out.
1: And this is where his boy, you know, I said privilege earlier, not even thinking about the uh, the the pun there, but um, <laughs> this is where his boy comes in and says, yo, calm down. Getting
0: yeah, he doesn't get mad. He does it twice since we've heard about it. <laughs> yeah, since we've since we've um, in four chapters, part. he's done it twice. I hope that I hope that this pace keeps up. <laughs> um well yeah they, so they end up you know arguing about it and he and daniel kind of runs off and you know they have that moment him and capel have that moment where he's explaining you know he he doesn't trust me um to do my job and all this business and capel says you know he he loves you and all that stuff so um you know it, interesting again we're, we're building more of the relationships here and mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's fun um now this is another part of the of this section that i really enjoyed that what we're getting to next um an earthquake happens all of a sudden and so it happens you know in that last little section with um and capel and then we jump over and then we get the perspective from from tom thomas and um, so the earthquake happens, kind of shakes the city around. Um, Thomas. That's a bit of an understatement. It <laughs> he didn't it, just shake the city around. It fuzz that
1: city up. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that city gets fud up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which, that I don't know, man. It, it I like this, but it kind of, it came out of nowhere. Just a random earthquake out of nowhere. And. It might be some plot device here, but I think it,
1: I think it is. I think because it happens twice, and yes, those two times in which it happens, we so we get introduced to kind of another character here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because um, so he he tells him to run. He tells Olum to run off and get some runners because he's thinking that some of the barricades between the outer part of the city and the Cheshireshire could have fallen apart, and if West even, West even may take advantage of the situation. And Thomas is like, I'm going to, you know, I want to either stop that or I want to take advantage if he isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so Olam's left and he's alone. And he, you know, he was kind of acting like it, the, the earthquake didn't bother him, but it, it, it did mess him up a little bit.
1: And one thing uh, we passed over is that he got hit in the head by some plaster that fell from the ceiling and he it yeah. was enough to make him like bleed, you know, pretty relatively profusely. So he did yeah. get knocked in the head here
0: which you know if you're bleeding from the head no matter how much it's that's still you know a problem to me that's a big um, deal yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh and so like you said we we're introduced to someone who just shows up out of nowhere
1: like out of nowhere and like uh just like my D character wolfgar you know he's a chef um <laughs> He, i don't know if he's a dwarf cleric but uh he's a he's a chef they mentioned he, you know he's got girthy fingers like that of a uh a chef but then he says something about himself being a god like a literal god
0: yeah like uh, the reincarnated reincarnated adam right yeah which i think that's who the wings of adam are named after the right. saint adam
1: yeah exactly and he says like saint adam and then he says saint like as a, he says it as a statement but it's more like a question he says uh, <laughs> yeah. i've been relegated to saint like so something to, along the lines of i've been relegated to sainthood and so you know this dude is sitting here you know claiming he came out of nowhere and he's claiming that he's a god you know thomas just got hit in the head and he thinks he's like he laughs at him at
0: first and thinks he's like going crazy mm. and and then the cool thing about it all though was he he before like he he's making this point, he's like, you know, I I don't do this often. And so I may be a little rusty on this or whatever, but um did did they did they stay true to their promise or something like that? Like he's mm-hmm. alluding to what the privileges told him about breaking Cresomere's promise. Right. So and he said,
1: he said he mentioned something about how the the thing he mentions is something that you would only know if you were at the scene of, you know, the yeah. first chapter where, you know, they kill all the privileged in the in the in the castle or in you know in the king's king's estate.
0: Oh um, well, Skyline, yeah. Skyline, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um he references, you know, how in their dying breasts they say broken promise. He doesn't say it in those words, but he alludes to the fact that he knows
0: that they said yeah. that. And of course, Thomas is like, you know, you know, he's kind of like, what do you, what do you say, what do you mean? But then, and, he's, and he says that right at
1: the end, like he says that like right at the end, the fact that he, yeah, the thing that really like is a hook to like make Thomas believe it. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then and, uh, I'll let you. You were about to mention well, what happens. Well, well, I was gonna say, you know, because the whole time up until that point he uh he's kind of making the point of they just they're letting anybody in here now you know because he first thought he was a surgeon or something coming in there to assist him yeah that's right he thought he was like a medic or of some sort but yeah and and, but then at that moment another earthquake happens which i i I was gonna ask you i have a theory so it, it reads like there was one earthquake and then we have this part, and then there was a secondary earthquake, and then mm-hmm. he's gone. I don't. A part of me, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. It doesn't make sense now that I'm thinking about it. But I, I kind of, it kind of felt like to me when I read it the first time that all the stuff in the in between where he hits his head, he he tells him to go look for runners. Uh, he tells them to go look for runners, and then the chef comes, says he's the god, and talks to him, and then the secondary earthquake happens. Like I was thinking, all that happened while the first earthquake was happening, and it was all kind of happening in in Thomas's mind. But I don't think that's true because when he finds he sends Olam off after the first, yeah, and
1: then Olam comes back after the second one.
0: So that's why I'm kind of thinking, well, maybe that's not true. But it kind of it would have been interesting if that had been what it was. It would have it would have gave more thought to maybe he is imagining him. Yeah. Um, because that's one thing I, I I'll bring this up real quick. The one thing I took from the first season of True Detective that I've that stuck with me the entire time. I apply it to all of if I'm gonna do any kind of supernatural writing, um, or if I'm watching certain things. Some things sometimes I don't want this, but sometimes I do. They did a great job in that show of making you second guess. Are you really seeing something or are you not? And is the character really seeing something or is it like side effects of drug use? Mm-hmm. Is it supernatural or is it drug use? And keeping that keeping that idea that we're not going full supernatural, we're only going full supernatural if you want to like kind of giving the audience the, the watcher to make that choice. you know I personally am like I don't, you know I think he's really seeing that stuff but you know if you don't like that you can kind of be like well no it's drug use but like they leave it so up in the air and that's fun I I I enjoy that I think that's masterful and they could have done that here if he had done that if he had kind of made it feel like that one earthquake happened the whole time Mm -hmm. and then all this was happening in during it but there's probably a reason why he did it the way he did it so
1: and my only complaint about this part is that I've read a piece of fantasy that this felt very, very, very close to. Oh. Um, and I'm not. I like. I doubt it's like plagiarism. Or it's. It's definitely not. Like I don't think it's yeah, that. Yeah. I just. To me, like I liked it. I, I. I thought it was really, really. I. I thought it was a cool part of the story. Like you know. Uh, I forget who he says he. Like, his actual name. They mentioned that he's, like, some sub baron uh, or something. Um, Mahali? Mahalo? Mih- yeah, who's son of, like, Mahako or something like that. Yeah. Who was... Uh, some kind of chef. Another chef. Uh, Sue Smith. This is Sue Smith's cousin, Sue <laughs> Chef. Yeah, the one we've been talking about. Um, oh. But it, it, to me, it reads very similar to another subplot of another fantasy work that i've read oh, okay um, i liked it 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 just felt it felt too similar to something
0: that i'd already read what what is it if you don't mind me asking i don't
1: i don't really want to spoil it oh um it's, it's something i haven't read yeah it, you haven't read it and i i know that for a fact that you haven't read it um cool. so i i won't get into it but it's definitely something that once you read it, you'll definitely you'll remember this conversation. You'll be like, "Yep, okay, yep,
0: okay." All right. Well, it, it'll be interesting to know, and I, I'd like you to bring it up when you realize it. If this plays out, in a if similar if it continues fashion. to play out, yeah, if it continues to play out similarly or not. Um, that's that's kind of where we end chapter nine, and so for the final chapter in the episode, chapter ten, um. We, we get some more Adamat, my boy uh he returns home with sue smith so uh, i would assume sue smith took the job mm-hmm. um and they find uh pelagi waiting for him uh in the house and he kind of makes the point he goes well, you know, you saved me a trip because he was about to go to him um but pelagi um introduces him to lord Vitas, um who we still don't know who he works for but it's somebody who is interested in adamat's investigation like uh they figured out that adamat knew about the coup before everybody else did based on the events that took place and the people that Pelagi had spying on him and how he's been running around all over the city he missed the execution didn't even go see that so he's like you knew you know you knew what it was and you're you're helping thomas and so um and you called him Pelagi. i don't
1: really I don't really have any concept of how to say it. I've been, I've been saying play
0: play guy. (laughs) I have no concept Uh, of how to say it. It's a, it's a weird word, but um, I'm only going off of the, of the audible guy. And again, I'm reading, I'm, I'm here listening to that at one and a half speed. So I'm probably saying it right, but very fast.
1: (laughs) I need to get MS DOS to say it. That's how I'm going to say it moving forward. Once, uh, once I hear how MS DOS does it okay <laughs> <laughs> um but he makes it sound like he, like pelagi makes it sound like he has come to this you know realization yeah. through all of his like spying and whatnot mm-hmm. but uh it becomes very clear that this wasn't pelagi's idea he's not smart enough to bring this all together it comes mm-hmm. from uh our our new character uh was it Vetus or Velus? i think it's Vetus. um uh, yeah, Vitas. Vitas. Uh, yeah, this is very clearly told to Pelagi from him. Like Pelagi didn't bring this together.
0: Yeah, and they kind of have a little bit of a, of an altercation, and Pelagi ends up killing him, or uh, the Lord Vitas ends up killing Pelagi. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and uh, he basically tells Adamat that he has taken over control of the loan, um, and he wants he wants Adamat to be an informant on um on Thomas you know, the yeah. different things that, yeah on Thomas and Adamat kind of stands his ground is like no I'm 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 not gonna do that not necessarily because he's loyal to Thomas but because he's loyal it's to a, his country it's a, yeah and his client like yeah. he views him as a client and he's like I'm I'm not gonna betray that confidence and another um, thing
1: that Lord Vita says is that this is you know to help the nine or whatever so the continent yeah and Adamat mentions that you know he doesn't he doesn't really care about the continent he cares about yeah. is it he cares about
0: adro yeah which is kind of um not to get you know not to get outside of the fantasy into the real world but it's kind of like Adamat has that nationalist viewpoint mm-hmm. and and uh whoever lord Vetus works for is putting on the front that he's more of a globalist but it, it probably doesn't it, it's probably just the front i don't i don't I don't see them guy. actually.
1: I, see I I don't. Yeah, like I see it as like a, you know, I'm a bad guy, but I'm going to show that I'm a good guy.
0: Yeah, it, it was a way to try to try to pull him in, but it's like you miscalculated because he don't give it. He don't care uh, right. about the rest of the, the rest of the world. He cares about Adro. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we have to deal with that. And I like the fact that Adamat says he's kind of unsure about all this because he pelagi was somebody he he was predictable but he doesn't know anything about lord Vetus or the boss that he works for he made the assumption that it was um uh the proprietor but we know the, the reader knows that the proprietor is that the right name mm-hmm. is the proprietor yeah uh he he's one of he's one of the people one of the co-conspirators so yeah it shouldn't be him um i mean it, it still could be but i wouldn't think it is and uh, and i think they, they deny it too i think anyway
1: yeah, Vetus denies it, and Vetus hasn't really given me, I mean, he's a bad guy. Mm. I mean, he to me, he reads like a bad guy, but he hasn't really necessarily given me a reason to distrust what he's saying. Yeah. Um. He does seem, you know, with the exception of saying who he works for and what his, like, uh, motivations are, he does seem like he's being honest,
0: you know yeah but he is you know like you know he's somebody i don't think i'd cross i mean he just killed a dude yeah so like you said he, he definitely is a villain but you know he you know like i said I, like you said I, I i don't know if he's lied yet he's yeah. withheld information but i don't know that he's lied um and, and my uh, my
1: experience with will of time is you know six episodes of season one <laughs> Of the Amazon series. I have not read Wheel of Time myself, but it kind of you, you saying that makes me think of uh the Aes Sedai, you know, they're incapable mm-hmm. of lying. I don't know if that holds true, but
0: my experience
1: well, of, you know, like yeah. I said, six episodes of Wheel of Time.
0: Well, the interesting thing about the Aes Sedai, and and this isn't really spoiling anything, but it's something that you kind of come to understand is that um if you believe it to be true it and it still might not be true you know you can say it yeah so like if if I don't know of a good analogy to that but like I don't know like let's okay here we go let's say an Aes Sedai is a flat earther and they truly believe it and they tell you the earth is flat it's not a lie to them right but they but they you know so it you know it's 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 an interesting little dynamic that jordan created for that world but
1: that doesn't really i i was taking like one little thing i knew about wheel of time and kind of applying it
0: here but it doesn't at least it
1: doesn't really super apply he hasn't given us a reason to believe that he's he's lying
0: but there is a connection though i think because you you know if you know you're talking to an asada you're you're looking for where you know I think they say something about the words that they say aren't exactly what they mean, and so you're looking for that with Lord Vetus, I think you're you're trying yeah, to see. I'm buying into that. You know where is he? And I think that comes into play with him saying that he him and his boss are interested in the well-being of the the nine. You know, who's well? I mean, like who has the you know monopoly or who has the authority on what is good for the well-being of the nine? Right. You know. So I think, I think you're, I think you're kind of, you know, it was a good thing you brought that up because I think that's, that's true. And in moving forward, I think every time that he will show up, that'll be something that I will try to pay attention to. Um, we, we shift gears now um, as Adam has to get a dead body out of his living room or out of his favorite chair. Um, I'd be pissed. So we're behind the barricades and, we, we have another, another chapter with the, um, from the perspective of Nyla. Um, she meets with Rosalia, which this is the first time we've seen the privilege, uh, and like actually know her name. So this is um, the
1: privilege that Taniel has been chasing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, she, uh, we kind of find out here that there's going to be a parlay between, uh, Thomas and General West, even. Uh, I believe it'll be the next day or, or maybe mm-hmm. later on that day. Um, so that so we find out about that. And, uh, but she's trying to, Rosalia is trying to convince Nyla to stay and watch over Jacob because they're going, you know, Jacob is the closest person to being the heir to the throne that's left. Um, so she's like, you know, the, the boy likes you, uh, it would probably be in your best interest to stay. Um, then we jump in to uh, a conversation between julene and thomas and she's trying to convince thomas to use the black street barbers again i'm getting like That's right. Peaky blinder type stuff yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, but it's a street gang and, and he, she's wanting him to take them and, and use them to infiltrate the royal the royalist camp mm-hmm. side note i had to look up what the difference between royalist and loyalist because i was thinking the whole time i was like shouldn't it be loyalist but then i looked it up and i was like oh yeah the, it, oh loyalist like, is the right word loyalist is like more encompassing yeah uh, royalist royalist is, is like loyal to the royal yeah yeah so and i i just i never really i don't think i would ever heard royalist i think maybe i've i've had, heard it but I thought they were saying a loyalist. <laughs> yeah so that also, was I've never thing. seen the word cabal used as much as I've seen in, in, in this book. Yeah, outside of like like um, Marvel TV shows and Batman <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> cabal is cabal.
1: A, It's not a very frequently outside of the destiny universe uh, there's oh, not, yeah. there's not a lot of
0: references to cabal. Yeah, we're definitely getting it a lot here. Um yeah. hit in the face with uh, it you might say. It's like Brian, man, look about the thesaurus. <laughs> <laughs> you might but need the this dude. Is, <laughs> But the thing is, uh his I think his, it's fitting his, though. I think it's fitting. Well, it it's almost like but uh, he's using it more as a proper noun more than a noun. Yeah. So, it you know, it is what it is um but but she's trying to get uh she's trying uh, julene is trying to convince thomas to use the black Street barbers to infiltrate the camp uh and then assassinate the leaders you know and at that point you know they, they should be able to take over Winchestershire and and move on with with business um but uh he kind of doesn't want to do that he he, th- he thinks it kind of be a little messy he, he didn't, you don't trust mercenaries but the thing is the black street barb she mentions they are under the rule of uh ricard who is one of the co-conspirators yep so i don't see what the problem would be with using them i mean he's using the wings of adam who are under uh lady Wenceslav, but he's you know i i, I kind of didn't get that i did not i didn't understand the the his reason for not doing it um but, and we didn't know. really find out that he doesn't do it until the next scene, but because he doesn't specifically say that he's not doing it. Yeah, he, he kind of just makes points of why he don't want to. Um but uh so then um they end up he, he ends up saying that he wants the the four that have been going after the privilege, he wants them at the parlay. Um because the privilege will more than likely be there and might try to take him out or something, something mm-hmm. to that effect. So they end up at the parlay and um, the Royalists offer to set uh, the Jacob or Jacob. I, I can't remember exactly how the narrator says it. He, he doesn't say Jacob. He says something. I read
1: it as Jacob
0: though. You know, Jacob with it, a K. The Canadian way. Ooh. <laughs> uh, but they, they, they plan to set him up on the throne and then let Thomas be the head of the Royal cabal. Uh so they, they would let the powder mages become the new royal cabal. Right. And then um and then he, he would be advising Jacob with West Even until Jacob becomes of age. Um and that an is, offer
1: I was surprised by. And Thomas even mentions that it's got he mentions West Even or in, in yeah. as he's talking about it in his, you know, he's got a dialogue in his head. He 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 has a high regard for West Even. Like he mm-hmm even though he's his enemy you know he he respects him and he's like pragmatic you know he's you know even killed and the the deal he meant with thomas and the powder mages being the royal cabal he says that it's got west Evans' hands all over it like
0: yeah because that's not the first that's not the first offer that was made the other uh, one was like bs though <laughs> yeah yeah it was yeah it wasn't going to work so they kind of threw it out there probably just to see what was going to happen and then they gave him the real one and mm-hmm. uh um but thomas is dead set on you know we're, you know we're not going to allow a king to rule And 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 i'm supportive of of at least that point of view uh i think i'm well i'm supportive of him standing his ground because he's very he, he's very he has a lot of passion he um he's got a lot of conviction about this. He's like, I've seen the King and what, what the Kings will do. I don't want that. I, I want to have some kind of, it's going to semblance of a democracy, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. some kind of, you know, at least not a monarchy. And, um,
1: I agree. And my only comment here is that he was never going to accept anything they brought to him.
0: No, And, uh, you know, that's, he was only going to accept surrender. <laughs> so, exactly. Um, but, but but the thing is, he doesn't even have a chance to deny it. His air rifles, you know they 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 all of a sudden crack across the sky, and and uh, the royalists attack under the flag of of truce. Yeah,
1: it's just um, like uh, the red wedding when you know they have the salt. And yep. I guess I you know I you know there's no spoilers here. It's millions of people watched have watched Game of Thrones, just like uh, yeah. You know, you know they they eat salt and bread under walder frey's uh roof and you know that's supposed to be a truce type thing and then yeah
0: walder frey, frey kills the whole dang gang yep and and i think um i I looked it up cuz i i kind of i kind of use uh chapter summaries to help guide me through but did you read that as west even dies or did, did he just get injured I read it as uh, homeboy took the took the L. I I, okay.
1: Yeah, okay. I read it as like, do Ju- so like in in this whole mess, you know, Julian starts like throwing like fireballs, and you know, it mentions that the other privileged Rosalia, you know, starts uh, fighting back, but you know, Thomas at it kind of cuts away right there at the end, mentioning that he sees like a scorched mark on West even as West even is being carried away. Yeah. And it kind of seems like, yeah, West even
0: uh, he ain't okay. He, done. he ain't okay. He done son. He he's east odd now. <laughs> east odd. They're getting worse as I as I'm now a dad. So uh oh. they're just getting worse. Um, but so yeah, that's that's kind of that's how chapter ten ends. Is you know we had this parlay that kind of went nowhere. And there's some casualties. Uh, yeah. I did. I wasn't expecting West even to go out that soon. I thought he was going to be a major player for the rest of the of the book. But you know, well, yeah, the hell with it. Yeah, take take him out. I don't know if I had much like. I don't
1: know if I had much expectations of West. Even I guess I didn't really think about his future place in the story at, at yeah. this point in time. But yeah, they they built him up. Quite a bit to kind of like make him go out you know it, with a whimper it, see it kind of it may not be
0: well, dead well yeah he might well I, I was going to say this 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 uh chapter summary that I found online it says he dies so that's what made me think Damn. i was like I didn't think he did yeah chapter summary just straight up spoilers <laughs> exactly <laughs> um but but the way I was kind of reading it was um, kind of like this. It's not a one-for-one, one, but um, Thomas is kind of like a Tywin Lannister. And I was kind of seeing General West even as more like a, a Stannis Baratheon, you know. And I was like, I, I was thinking that those kind of things were going to, you know, because they both, you know, lasted a good bit, you know, what they both lasted... To book book three four five something like that. And if West, so, but if West even dies here,
1: they went out with a whimper. Damn,
0: Stan yeah, Brody I mean, went out easy peasy, my dude. <laughs> like, and I mean, and he, he, I mean, he was a, he was an interesting character. I mean, could we, we, you didn't see him. So I haven't read the books, but I, I have watched the show. So, you know, you, you didn't see him any season one, and then, like, what is it? oh it's very early maybe episode one of season two
1: i think it's the opening scene of season
0: it might be and you got all the lord of light stuff happening on the beach and all that stuff and it's just like you know he i had a lot of i thought he was gonna like be a bigger um, a more major player but then he just gets corrupted by the by the red witch Mm -hmm. or is that is that what they call her the red witch the red woman give me what her name is red woman the red woman yeah Sorry, I didn't mean to throw. Uh, I didn't mean to cast stones on her. <laughs> She's but, got uh, Lord
1: Light to protect her from it.
0: I can't remember um, in the
1: books if he had had died yet. Where it's currently at in the books, there's a, there's a lot of differences oh, between really? Stannis' story and thus far or thus far in the books and what was shown in the show. There there's some pretty big differences there. Um, I'm interested to, to get in there and read it. The overall, like what happens is what is like does line up but like one thing you'll find is if if you do ever read them is that there's just a lot a lot in between that isn't told that is yeah you know those little parts of the story I think are, are worth reading this reading the books for although I didn't love the way the books were written personally. Yeah I got you I got you. Just skip yeah. San just sit, skip Sansa and uh Caitlin chapters. It's just waste of people's time. That sounds sexist though. And like, but I'm sure, I'm sure Arya's chapters are great though. That's true. But the problem with Sansa is that, you know, she's a child and she's just super naive and it very much shows. And the problem with Caitlyn is that she just sucks.
0: <laughs> I can't stand her <laughs> even in the, in the show.
1: She, yeah. Like she just sucks.
0: But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, so far, you know, I, I'm, i'm still enjoying the you know this this story there's still you know little plot threads happening i I don't really know where it's gonna go i don't i don't i don't know how it i have no i'm just enjoying the ride so i have no predictions or anything like that i just kind of i don't know it's it's fun
1: yeah and i i agree i've enjoyed it thus far um Oh, overall, you know, I do have some complaints here and there, but I think it's I think it's been a, a fun read so far. And one one difference between you know one and five to six and ten chapters that is, you know, at the end of five, you know, there's really only one player here. You know, you see Thomas, you know, and he's he's the only he's the only cat here. You know, at, you know, he's he's another character, but he's part of like Thomas's like kind of steam at this point. Whereas six, chapter six through 10, we don't, we don't only get, we not only get one, you know, kind of motivation, extra motivation, we get two where, you know, we have the Royalist's motivation and that makes sense. And then we have uh Lord Vetus's motivation.
0: yeah,
1: And yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see how, how that plays out because you mentioned that, you know, uh, he may the proprietor. I I had forgotten that he is part of the co- the co-conspirators. So if he really is part of the proprietor, there might be some like bigger scheme internally going on. Oh and yeah. I you know, y- you even mentioned that that's probably not the case, and I agree that you know it's not internal, but it could be, and that'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, there could be some backstabbery already being planned. So yeah, so uh as far as so far 10 10 chapters in the promise of blood, I'm liking it. I'm I'm interested to get going because I've actually it's been like I haven't read it in five days. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I'm just kind of like I I had already like reread it one time and I listened mm-hmm. to it and I was just like, I'm gonna I'm just gonna take a break. So I'm interested to kind of get in and get going, you know. Yeah. And so
1: I'll be doing a lot of traveling this weekend. So I plan on reading. A little bit and i'm going to try to dip back into the
0: expanse where i'm at but oh nice uh yeah i'm excited to read more all right so yeah so that was chapter six through ten of promise of blood we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll come back next week we'll be doing chapters 11 through 19 um again we hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you next time